that's what drives me because i'm not doing this just for me i realize that i don't have to be silent you don't know this girl like i do you don't know what i see in her just give her a chance Hello, this is Chilu Lemba here to navigate you through this episode of Z Flashback. Our guest is Mwaka Mugala. Mwaka Martha Mugala, if I'm to give her a full name. Since she was a child, she dreamt about being an actress, being on TV. You may know her as the lead actress of the TV show Zuba, which broadcasts on Zambezi magic right across the African continent. So she's a household name. She gives us a glimpse into her world, including a scary stalking incident. Remember, this episode is also available on YouTube. Mwaka, it's so good to have you on Z Flashback. It's been one of those interviews we've been wanting to do for a long time. And, and so I'm so chuffed that uh, you made some time for us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> So the way we're going to do this is we're going to talk a bit about, uh, obviously, your character on, on TV. We're going to talk about you and then also maybe your views about the industry as we go. And here's how I wanted to start it. When I think about me, for instance, and, you know, I've, I've been on radio before. And the one show that I fear is the radio morning show because <laughs> of the commitment involved where every single day of your life you're waking up at 4 a.m., you're showing up. And you, Mwaka, you're in, on a show that, um, at, as at a year ago, was celebrating 1,000 episodes. So uh, I want to find out, like, how do you do it? Or, or do you just tackle it a day at a time? Does it ever get daunting at how big the, the role in, in Zuba um, involves in, in terms of you being uh, applying yourself? Oh, uh, my goodness. Well, it's interesting that you've mentioned that, um, you know, you used to do the 4 a.m. Uh, 4 a.m. radio show because before mm. TV, I actually used to do radio and I had the earliest yeah, shift on Sunday. Yes, at, uh, at 6 a.m. <laughs> and wow. there were times I just felt like, you know what, maybe I should just call in sick. But since then, I've had a lot of early mornings. You know, if you look at Diamond TV, I had the breakfast show again. And I'm just like, I'm not a morning person. Why do you keep giving me the morning shifts everywhere I go? <laughs> um, so coming to your question, it does get daunting, I won't lie. Um, I do have moments where, you know, I'll put my alarm on snooze so many times. And um, eventually, you know, I just convince myself that, you know what, <laughs> if I don't show up, no one else will because I've been given a huge yeah. responsibility and um, no one else um, has been given that responsibility. So if I don't show up, then everything else will be messed up. And so even if it does get tiring, eventually that's what drives me because I'm not doing this just for me. Mm. I'm doing this for, you know, the little boy out there who... Um, believes that he can do it and maybe he has a few doubts i'm doing it for the production team i'm doing it for so many people who are relying on me it is quite a huge responsibility um but yes it does get daunting <laughs> and 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 just checking like how long usually are the days when you're recording how long do you have to be on set roughly well, every day is a different day, honestly. There can be days where I'll be on set for just about three hours. And then there'll be other mm. times when I will be on set for beyond 24 hours, actually. <laughs> we have wow. gone way past 24 hours before, you know, where I'm on set at 6 a.m. And I'm only leaving the next day at 3, 4 a.m. So, yeah, it can get anywhere between that range. 
Yeah, a lot of people have that kind of saying where they say, if you do what you love, then you'll never have to work a day in your life. And I, I don't know if that makes it easier for you. Is, is it that you are so in love with your craft and your creativity that uh, it's, it's a breeze for you? Um, I wouldn't say it's a breeze <laughs> because um, I think anyone in the film industry or entertainment in general will tell you that it is not easy. You know, the hours are crazy. Um, you know, mm. there are days when things are kind of smooth sailing and other days when things are crazy you know equipment is acting up everything and anything can just go wrong um but it really doesn't feel like work for me um uh, because i do love what i do and even yeah. with all of these frustrations that come through i still show up because for me i enjoy what i do and it's not it doesn't necessarily feel like a job um I sometimes think if I were to ever get back to the office, I'm not sure I can manage that. And that's why almost everything I've done in terms of work has been in relation to, um, you know, broadcast media and the film industry in general, because for me, it doesn't necessarily feel like a job. And that's why I even just put in 110% in everything I do. Not to say that I wouldn't do it if I was, you know, in an office job. I always put in more than I should in any job but with this one it doesn't necessarily feel like it and that's what i love about it so maka when i think about me and my growth in terms of career particularly voiceover there are times when i listen to like an old ad and i'm like wow what was he thinking you know it's referring to myself uh, and so how do you in your field track growth because you've been doing this for some years and i know you do different roles but i'm talking specifically now about acting um, are there any things that allow you to kind of appreciate how far you've come from then compared to now um oh my goodness <laughs> honestly when i look <laughs> at old work that i've done even before zuba i cringe i'm just like what was i doing <laughs> but it really does uh, make me appreciate how far i've come because i'm not the kind of person who will just look at my old work and go ah okay you know i will use that to sort of help me grow in my craft improve perhaps mm. the way i enunciate um the way i make my facial expressions the way i you know project and so on and so forth and um i've also made it a, a deliberate action to have a mentor you know an acting mentor so that he oh. can just coach me in ways that i can improve and that's really helped me a lot so um, as much as i don't like to see my old work it does help me track my progress and i'm one person who's all about progress so i always like to measure where i'm coming from so that i see where i am now and hopefully that helps me as well um, in the future as far as where I would like to be. Who's your mentor? Um, so I have an acting mentor. His name is Sungai. Um, he's from Zimbabwe, mm. but he's mostly based around here. And I also have a spiritual mentor who helps me more in the personal side um, in terms of how to conduct myself, you know, as a person, which has also helped me be uh, very professional in different situations. Yeah. That's deep. I love that. <laughs> I've also seen videos of you on because you know I, I follow you on all social media platforms. Why? Thank and you. I, I noticed some. <laughs> I noticed sometimes that behind the scenes you're doing more than acting. You uh, you seem to be like you know directing or playing a role in different things on set. Um, is that what you're doing? Yes. Um, uh 
I would like to venture into other things such as directing. Um, I know that I will get to a point where I would like to take a more background, you know, role, um, which is what I started in, honestly. Um, so as much as I've been doing TV for a long time, I've also done videography, I've done directing, I've done editing. Um, so I would like to get to a point where eventually I just take a background role and get back to that because I honestly enjoy it much more. <laughs> I know this is going to be a bit contradictory, but I enjoy being in the background more than I love being on screen. Um, I don't know, I just like being in control of things. And so I feel like I have a story to tell and I've done that part with acting and with directing. I feel like I would love to you know, help a lot of people, um, a lot of actors, just bring out the best way they can in telling stories, different types of stories. Mm. Yeah. I asked Maki to this question because he was on Z Flashback not too long ago. So it's it's not like I'm being lazy and recycling questions, but I, I want to just get your take on this. So you one of the most well-known people, you're in the public eye. And so I'm assuming that for you, privacy must be like very elusive. And then add to that, the public thinks that they are stakeholders in your life. We're stakeholders in Maka's life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to people, especially because of you know your character on TV, you are Zuba, you are, you are Sunshine. You, you you're probably not allowed to have any any dark around you. But how do you manage to find time to to free yourself, kind of to, to detach yourself from from those demands on you? Oh my goodness, it is not easy. <laughs> if anyone mm, had mm. told me what I was signing up for, I think I might have taken a bit of time in deciding whether or not to take on this role. Um, I like to think of my experience in the film industry, especially in terms of the publicity, as sort of like a side effect from medication. You know, when you take medication, you're oh. hoping to get better, but then it comes with side effects. And so when I got into acting, for me, I was just doing it because I love acting. I've always loved it as a child. Um, everything I've done has sort of centered around television. So whether it's film, whether it's broadcast media, whatever the case, I've always known that I wanted to do television. So the fame was sort of like a side effect of it. And I had no idea that I would get people um, who would want to be a part of my life to the point that they almost feel entitled to certain information mm. about me. And personally, I'm a very, very private person. Um, I don't really like to share too much about myself. I'm very strategic with what I share. And there are just certain things that I feel that not everyone has to know. So, um, it, it does get quite difficult for me to detach, especially when I'm out in public. You know, I just want to have fun with my friends or do some grocery shopping in peace. And everyone is like, oh, can I, you know, talk to you? I want a picture. I want this and this and that. And I do try mm. as much as possible to allow them into my space because at the end of the day, you know, I, I do appreciate people's support. And I probably wouldn't be here without their support. So I don't like to shoo them away. But at the same time, I truly, truly wish that people would understand that there are boundaries and sometimes they should respect those boundaries. Um, so most times, yeah. well, it's, it's quite difficult to detach, honestly. Um, but I do have, you know, my, my routines that just help me stay focused, stay grounded, stay centered so that even when I'm out in public and when I'm alone, I'm not bleeding into that persona. 
by that i mean um i'm not getting too attached to mwaka the public figure as opposed to mwaka the human yeah. being so <laughs> you know those two are, uh, are two separate entities and that's what i like to think of myself as is that's how i like to try and cope um yeah with 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 that otherwise i won't lie it is quite difficult it is very very difficult and a number of people who i know who know you uh have said that about you that uh, your privacy is something that you hold dear like you're a very private person mm-hmm. and has there been a moment uh, from your recollection where you ha- you've had to kind of verbally draw that boundary with uh, somebody who maybe who's being uh, a little too much we all get those those days Yes, I've had to. Uh, and unfortunately, it has backfired on me. Um I think the reason oh. is because people mistake me for the character I play. And so when they meet yeah. me, they expect me to be Zuba. And Zuba is this like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I'm so kind." <laughs> But <laughs> personally, I'm just like, "Honey, mm-mm." Mm-mm, let's not do that. So, you know, there will be times, um, especially if it's at an event and I've been invited to that event, I have no right to be rude. Otherwise, why did I show up? You know, so there I will be open. Mm. I'll accommodate people. But if I'm in a place, as much as it's a public place, if I'm in a place where I do need that time to myself, say, and this has happened many times before, especially when I'm grocery shopping, someone will approach me and say um can i have a picture and i'm like i'm so sorry i'm in a hurry you know and i'll be polite about mm. it and most times people will ask me why like why are you saying no i'm like you asked first of all it's a yes or no question <laughs> and secondly you can see that you know i have maybe a trolley full of groceries you can see that i'm in a hurry because i probably don't even have time to do those groceries i have to get back on set and i'm just trying to steal a bit of time you know just to use that to do my own personal errands and me taking even one second to take a picture with you is going to just mess up the entire plan and so i'm just like you know what i really wish i could but i can't and people just don't yeah. seem to understand that so i've i've had to draw the line a few times another example is i was having a dinner with my parents it was my mom's birthday you know i decided to treat them um to a nice private dinner and a bunch of people i thought were my friends cuz you know my side is not so good without my specs i didn't have my specs on that day they were quite far away mm. and so the way they waved at me i thought it was my friends i was even excited i'm like oh my gosh and then they <laughs> come closer and then it turned out they were different people and i was like oh <laughs> and then um they asked you know if they could have a picture with me and i'm just like sorry guys i'm having dinner with my family you know it's kind yeah. of rude and they didn't seem to mind but at the same time you know i just had to set those boundaries like on the one hand i appreciate the love on the other hand you also have to respect my boundaries it's a two way thing yeah yeah and for them i'm sure it was double toilet because the, your dad was there as well i'm sure <laughs> yes, so it's like yeah. <laughs> field day <laughs> oh my goodness yeah there there are moments yeah. like that and and dad will also just be like no she's she's the one in the spotlight i'm just like you're not getting away that easy if we're going to do this we're doing this together <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Now connected to that question, your platform is big. Do you ever feel like a deeper sense of responsibility because of uh you know the the platform and and what you do? Uh so so even even like when you have to be in public sometimes you want to to feel free and relax and just be you, but then the fact that you you hold this platform makes you perhaps move in a different direction. 
Uh, definitely. I, uh, like I said, a lot of people are still not used to the idea of me as Mwaka. And mm. so many, many times I really have to check myself when I'm doing certain things online. Um, sometimes even on my TikTok page, you know, I'll try to be goofy. I'll try to show them the other side of me. And they're just yeah. like, yeah, no, 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 we don't like this. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've actually been told a few times, like, no, I prefer Zuba to Mwaka. I'm like, Zuba's not even real, though. But okay. So <laughs> many, many times um, I will just take a gamble and just be like, okay, today I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to be free. And then other times I will have to reel it in and just be like, you know what? Um, a lot of people are watching, a lot of people have expectations of me. And so um, I'll have to, I do my best to try and work within those confines while trying to be authentic because at the end of the day, I still don't want to lose yeah. myself. And so it's all about just striking that balance. Yeah. Okay. We're not dwelling uh, too much on Zuba for, for the rest of this, uh, you know, conversation, but I want to just check something with you. It's an interesting question mm -hmm. and I want to get your take on it. Does, maybe it doesn't have a, an answer, so no pressure, but what has Zuba taught you about Mwaka? <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what has Zuba taught me about Mwaka? Well, um, Zua has taught me that Mwaka is a little more resilient, more st uh, stubborn than I'd like to think of myself. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Because as, as someone who has grown up reserved, who's introverted and whatnot, um, I always thought that I had to be quiet whenever people did mm. their thing walked all over me but during my time as zuba i came to realize that i don't have to be quiet i can voice out my opinion without necessarily being rude it's not going to come off as rude it's not going to come off as disrespectful because at the end of the day people will take advantage of that silence and that's what i learned um, even with Zuba, you know, in the beginning when she was naive and she was quiet and everything and she was taken advantage of by almost all the people in her life. And that kind of resonated with me as Mwaka. And um, I realized that I don't have to be silent. I don't have to allow mm. people to take advantage of my silence. Yeah, that's the biggest lesson. Yeah, that's a beautiful response. <laughs> so now... Earlier on, you talked about how initially you fell in love with, with media, how you fell in love with presenting and those things. Do you have a memory which uh, kind of allows you to place yourself at the moment where you first fell in love with the creative arts at all? Um, I have two memories. Um, and one, the first one sort of leads to the second one. And the first one is mm. that, you know, I'm in the living room watching tv my mom is ironing um you know on the left side of the room and i see dad on tv and i'm like um <laughs> is that dad and she goes like yeah it is i'm like oh is that why he's not here now and she's like yeah yeah so i'm like okay 
so when he's done is he going to come out straight from the tv or you know cuz i was still quite young but that was my first um encounter or experience of knowing what exactly my dad did because i just used to know that he goes to work and he comes back but i had no idea what he did i knew what mom did you know but i didn't know what dad did mm. and so for me that really intrigued me i was like okay i think i want to be in the box as well um and then second time he decided to invite me to work and you know everyone oh. there the environment was just so warm and you know it was amazing just seeing all these cameras these lights meeting all these people you know the kundamandos and i don't know why she was obsessed mm. with me but you know <laughs> she just looked at me and she was like oh she's so cute and i'm just there like yeah thank you ma'am you know and i'm also looking around with all these things that are going on all these people i see on tv i'm seeing them in person and i'm just like wow this is amazing and a part of me just knew like you know what this is what i want to do i just decided from that moment yeah. and 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 that's why i like to say that my dad's influence on my decision wasn't direct he wasn't telling me yeah you have to do this because i did this if anything a part of him may have even wanted me to do something else but i was convinced i'm like yeah no this is for me this is what i'm going to do yeah we spoke to your dad on z flashback uh you know some some months ago and i i know the many interviews where your dad is brought up because that's part of uh, who you are in your dna mm-hmm. i would have uh, kind of avoided talking about him because it's been <laughs> ventilated a lot but i cannot because he played a pivotal role in my life you know he he was um in about 1994 or so the person that allowed me to be on tv for the first time you know and wow. so um there's so much that he's done for many people and so we had an episode where we pay tribute to him but during that episode he said that you as he remembers you when you were younger were very uh, soft spoken uh, or I, i don't know if he said timid marco was a very quiet person we didn't know what was running in her mind next ah, marco she finishes school she manages to go to the university of zambia we are listening to the radio who do we listen to dj red 5 fm marco is there I said, this sounds like Marka. This must be Marka. <laughs> She's degenerate. She came to ask me, uh, uh, can I use some of your CDs and what, what, what? <laughs> so she went to 5FM, literally wow. found the job wow. herself. Yeah. Was, was that the true you or was that the respectful side that you were showing your parents? <laughs> respectful side. I like your voice. Um, well... <laughs> <laughs> It was it was me. Um I've always been a quiet person. It wasn't me trying to be respectful. It wasn't me trying to hold my thoughts back. Um there would literally be times in so many situations whether with my family or in class at school I would say something, you know, and maybe where it's a bunch of people in the room and everyone is talking over each other, you know, and I tried to contribute and my voice would just be like ah. so in my head I've projected as much as I possibly can but the voice is just like not coming out. And so mm. yeah, that that has been me and it took a very long while. I think I even mentioned it earlier for me to just find my voice. It would be different when I'm on stage performing, if I'm in the studio doing a voiceover, if I'm presenting, whatever the case, the moment I just hear action, it's 
you know, a completely different situation and I, you know, would shock people. A lot of times people would even be like, that is not the same person because everybody who yeah. knew me knew that I was quiet. And because of that, a lot of people even doubted my abilities because they were like, this girl barely speaks. So how is she even going to do something like this? So yeah, he was not wrong mm. about that. Um, but it was cute because most times, you know, we'd spend time together. He's there having a conversation. I don't know. Um, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people would be like, ah, you're always with your daughter. She's quiet. How do you guys even talk? But we, we always found a way to, to converse. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing about your situation is that you're our second generation media public eye vibes, you know, and it's, it's a rare thing, particularly in Zambia. Very few names come to mind. So you mentioned Kunda Mando earlier. Obviously, her dad was the legendary Charles Mando. Um, same thing with Mac 44, same father. Uh, and then there's like Andre Makulu, whose dad was standing Makulu, the late Karisto Clear, may his soul rest in peace, with, with Mr. Mugala. Is there any advice that he gave you, uh, which you, which was memorable, which you still carry with you till today? Um, wow, he has given me a lot of advice, <laughs> which has really mm, carried mm. me through so many situations. But um, I think the most memorable I can think of right now, because there's like so much going on in my head, and I'm just like, ah, which one do I say? Which one do I say? But um, <laughs> He always, always tells me to be humble. And I can see why that is important because, you know, I've, one thing I've seen for myself and even experienced to a certain extent being in the public eye is it's very easy to get lost in yourself. It's very easy to get lost yeah. in that world. Um, everyone is giving you all these accolades and, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, we love you so much. We love you so much. That can get to your head <laughs> very easily. And so... If you don't allow yourself to remain grounded, if you don't allow yourself to remain humble, you can get lost in that. Two, three years down the line, you don't even know who you are anymore um, because you are chasing this fame. It's, it's like a drug and you're constantly trying to get that mm. attention because you're like, oh, they liked me because I did this. Maybe if I take it up a, a notch higher, then they'll love me more. And eventually you don't even know who you are anymore. So for me, that has been the biggest thing that I always take with me. Even as I pray, I say, Lord, keep me humble because um, at the end of the day, fame comes and goes. And so if mm. I get to that point where my head is like, yeah, it's so big. And then I lose that, then I'll have nothing. So for me, that has been the biggest, biggest thing. I think that has helped me in my career. And also just seeing how he carries and conducts himself. There's a lot to learn, even if he doesn't verbalize it. If you just kind of see the way he moves through spaces, that's a lesson in itself. I mean, I've, I've learned that uh, he and uh, Alan Vula, who's now DJ Life, uh, they kind of have that thing, which early on in my career, I, I observed and I you know, took some of that on, on myself. And so I think there's sometimes there are verbal cues and nonverbal cues, but that's your dad. Now, I'm also curious about your spiritual mentor. Are there any things that are being said to you presently um, via the spiritual mentor? Uh, I almost said him. <laughs> I don't know why. It could be her. <laughs> it, it is a her. <laughs> but, but your spirit, it is a her. Ta-da. Okay, women are wise, yeah. And, and, is there anything that she's telling you that's so impactful that that you kind of think about on your daily? 
Um, well, she does pretty much tell me the same thing as well, to remain humble, to remain mm. um, grounded, obviously, in the Lord, um, you know, and not to react to many situations, um, especially, you know, being in the public eye. Again, there can be times that there's certain things that will happen that will just test you, <laughs> you know, and so mm. whether it's on set or at home or in any situation, um if something happens just before you react take a step back because at the end of the day if you do react quickly without thinking about what you're saying you might end up saying something you regret or doing something that you regret and that one moment can unfortunately make or break who you are make or break your career you know and there have been times where I've lost my temper, I won't lie. You know, um, even on mm. set, you know, something happens and I lose my temper. And this was before I had her in my life to give me that advice. Now, when such things happen, I just take a step back and I say, okay, why is this happening? You know, analyze the situation. How best can I react? Do I remain quiet? You know, do I uh, tell the person off? If I tell the person off, how can I do it? You know, because sometimes you have to be really sensitive about how people feel and you know how they can feel as a result of your actions and so for me that's also helped quite a bit um because i suppose the fact that i was quiet um meant that i kept a lot of things inside and so because of that i did get to a point where i was like you know what enough is enough i'm just going to react and i'm going to tell you that this was wrong but then when i had her in my life she just said you know what you don't always have to react. There's certain situations that happen to just test you and you don't have to react to everything. It's not necessary. And so I think for me, that's also been uh, something that has helped me quite a lot. Yeah. And I have to salute you because a lot of people, especially in the arts, we don't kind of um, acknowledge that we do need external help sometimes. And we try and just mm. navigate through this terrain ourselves on our own strength, with our own wisdom. And it's never easy. I mean, there's so many case studies of people who are famous, but, uh, you know, the pressure and, and all these things get to them to the point that they decide to exit, not the industry, but the planet, you know. So <laughs> I salute you for, for what you're doing. And I wanted to just also, you know, get your insight. Is there, you know, among the acting community in, in Zambia that you're involved in, like a lot of support, uh, you know, among your colleagues, or is it quite catty? Um, honestly, it's a bit of both. Um, there are moments where we'll have support. Um, if we meet at events, or even in the privacy of our own homes, you know, talking on the phone, there's a lot of support. We support each other. If someone has a project coming out, you know, we use our platforms to post um, and just encourage each other and just say, wow, this is good, you know. And it helps to speak to someone who understands where you're coming from. You know, sometimes I even like to tell myself, like, I wish we could have a venting session where we just gather as many public people as possible go to a venue somewhere excluded and just have you know some nice food and drinks and just vent without being judged yeah. because if you vent to someone who's not in the industry they feel like maybe we're just complaining maybe we're being um unreasonable it's like hey you chose this life so why are you complaining and it's like yes we chose mm. this life but there's certain things that we would not i don't think any of us were ready for because we had no idea the extent to which it could get and so 
in that vein it's been helpful to just sit down even with one or two people and just be like you know what i've experienced this oh my gosh you had a stalker too what a b c d a b c d so you know it's nice to have <laughs> those moments um and then at the same time um we're humans at the end of the day and we're not perfect so we're not going to get along with everyone and so there are moments where some people you know you meet them at events and they just look at you and you know like mm-hmm. yeah i'm not gonna say hi yeah. i'm not gonna give you that satisfaction it's just like yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> so yeah i've experienced a, a little bit of both in that extent and um it, it's fine you know either way you know you get along with some people you don't get along with everyone but at the end of the day that's just how it is and um once i understood that it allowed me to interact with fellow public figures better did you just brush over the the stalker part have you had a stalker or you were just using that as an example <laughs> um i've had <laughs> i've had a few um but there was just this one in particular it was crazy i had to get police involved and wow. um yeah this was the first time that i started living on my own at some point this young man <laughs> would follow me to work and he would say oh i have a project um i would like you to look at it you know it's a script and this script was like literally one sheet of paper so i'm like what script is that and he's yeah. like no i'd like you to sponsor my my show i'm like sponsorship <laughs> do you know how expensive production is first of all so i would try to be polite and just brush it off because i thought that was the end of it Um he knew where I stayed so as I'm driving out of work he'd see me leave and then he would use a shortcut to get to my place so when I get home I'd find him waiting What? at the door I mean at the gate rather for me um and then there would be times you know even as I'm leaving he would be knocking at my gate for hours there's this one time I actually got quite upset he was knocking from 7 and I I I think I just what happened I had a, an early morning or something so I went home to nap and then I knew that my next set was at 11 so I said okay let me just take a nap this was from 7 to 11 he kept knocking I could even hear him in my dreams just knocking and knocking and knocking and I come outside and I see him with two other bigger guys and I just felt so vulnerable in that moment like these people could find a way to get in the house and attack me if they could yeah. because they they could have very easily overpowered me so i just told him off i'm like you know what this is a private home you don't do that just don't ever come here again and he didn't stop so i got police involved um they they came through spoke to a few people in the neighborhood trying to investigate who he was and then eventually they found him and just said you know what stop 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 he stopped cool mm. i thought i'm done <laughs> Two years later onset 2 years 2 years and this was what scared me i was like i thought this guy just moved on and forgot 2 years later um he comes on set and he was an extra in one of the prison scenes we were doing <laughs> so i'm there trying to enjoy my breakfast i or i, I got like wow. some food and i was eating hungrily you know you eat while you're hungry you don't look very good so you're just there and he just yeah, sits next yeah. to me and then i'm like you know with food in my mouth and um he goes like yeah you know i'm a fan what 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 i'm like oh thank you so much you know i'm trying to be engaging then what gave it away was he said he had a script i'm like not this guy again <laughs> immediately he said that i knew it was him and i was just like oh my goodness and he pulled out the one pager 
he didn't pull it out immediately he said he would um <laughs> he would he would bring it over to um our production base so that i could have a look at so um i'm like okay cool yeah you do that but in my head i was just like oh my goodness i was so creeped out and so wow I get back to production base and there he is as I'm leaving. In fact, before I left, someone came to me and said, oh, there's someone looking for you. I'm like, who? And then she described him and I'm like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. This guy waited for about an hour or so. As I'm leaving, he's like, um, yeah, so I've brought the script that you said, what, 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 what? So I said, um, sorry, yeah, no, you know, just quickly brushed him off. And then I left. Yeah. Um, and then I decided to bring it up with production and say, you know what, there's one of these extras, please just be on the lookout because I don't feel very safe. And then everyone, uh, um, he posted on the group, the production manager, and then everyone now started saying, wait, this guy, this guy, he keeps asking about you. He keeps saying that you're doing a project together. He keeps saying that you're sponsoring his show. He keeps saying A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D. And I was just like, I, I was at a loss. So again, we had to involve police. Luckily, we did have some real cops on set that were shooting um, as well. So they got involved yeah. and then they spoke to him and I think they banned him off the property. And that's how he stopped. <laughs> um, so since wow. then, yeah, I haven't had ex an experience with him in particular, but that for me was the scariest because like he knew where I lived, he knew where to find me, he knew my schedule. And I was just like, I've never experienced this before before i did not even know this yeah. happens you know so yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah well on set right now at z flashback there's some hefty guys guys let's let's make a plan <laughs> z flashback security <laughs> yeah no yeah. sorry but I, you know i had no idea and i think it's different because like if I think about me, one, I'm a guy, uh, so I, I suppose we, uh, I'm the father of daughters. So I, I now kind of have a lens where I am more empathetic to situations where, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think about like, what if that was my daughter, you know? And um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a crazy situation. So I don't get that um, stalker vibe much. Um, also, I'm old now. <laughs> <laughs> You never know, maybe there's a silent stalker on your you never page know, right? just watching, <laughs> <laughs> not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, man, but I, but I hope like from the bottom of my heart, I, I hope like your security situation uh, is well. And I just hope like, you know, I, I, I wish you good people coming your way, you know. Thank you Because so that's like a crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've only got two more questions. So sure. one of them is this. We had Grace on the show, Grace Ramsey, uh, not too long ago, mm -hmm. and she spoke about a person called Becky. Becky started to identify these other strengths in me, and she's like, Grace, have you ever considered anything else beyond acting? And I'm like, no, for me, it's just Hollywood, you know, and that's where I see myself, Oscar, yeah. award-winning actress, and that, that's just the dream, just acting. And she's like, you have other strengths, you really should explore it. And that is where the producing part came in. I've never met this Becky person, but I'm fascinated about people who are behind the scenes who say something that changes uh, somebody's life. So she talked about how Becky uh, kind of, you know, said something that changed the trajectory of her, her life on set or whatever. And I was watching an interview with you and you also said something about this Becky person. Becky so with the good hair. <laughs> maybe, yeah, exactly. 
So, so maybe one, you could kind of uh, let us know who Becky is, but more importantly, um, what's your view on people who's, who can say a word that can change, you know, somebody's life? And, and do you kind of see that happening in your own world? Because sometimes it's happening with me of late. I say something that sounds like it's simple, but the impact and how it's magnified in the person I'm talking to is like crazy. Okay, um, so Becky is someone who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. My first encounter with her was in uh, 2012, I think. Um, I was still um, at Onza at the time, and so they had a little bit of a project for us to do, a, a workshop rather, which was a film workshop, and it was scheduled for two weeks. So in the first week, I did uh, script writing because that's where I wanted to go. Second week, I was torn between directing and producing, so I was like, okay, I'll do directing. Um, apparently, um, one of the trainees, the trainers rather, who was an actress from Generations, um, looked at me and told Becky, that girl needs to be an actress. And so Becky was like, oh, yeah, let me talk to her. And she was like, you know what, you need to, to do this acting course. I'm like, I'm not really interested in acting. You know, I just felt like at the time the industry wasn't very um, favorable for actors. So I was like, even if I do this training, where's it going to take me? Let me just do something that I might as well use. And I really wanted to do directing. But Becky just like really said, you need to be an actress. So I'm like, cool, fine. Yeah. It's free after all. <laughs> so I did the, the, <laughs> the training. It was very interesting. Um, I think that was one of the first few times that I came out of my shell. And um, after that, you know, we graduated, we did a short film projects, you know, we're divided into groups and it ended there. I even forgot about it. Um, years later, you know, I'm a graduate from university. I'm looking for work. In fact, I think I was working at the time. Becky calls and she says, oh, there's an audition here. You need to do it. It's for a lead role. And I'm like, yo audition okay so i show up i do the audition i didn't get it i felt so bad i was rejected i'm like yeah this is not for me because mm -hmm. you know i can't take no for an answer sometimes sometimes so because of that you know i was heartbroken i was like ah acting is not for me i moved on started working elsewhere years later i'm in tv i call becky to do an interview and she says, oh, I don't do interviews at last minute because it was kind of short notice. I wanted her the next day, but it was live TV. So, you know, you can't really sometimes properly plan. plan and so, far, yeah. yeah. So she said, um, I can't do that because it's last minute. However, there is an audition for this show. Um, and she explained the plot, which was basically the plot of Zuba. You know, she said it's a Cinderella story, you know, stepmother, yada, 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 love interest. And it's going to be a telenovela. <laughs> And in that moment, I mm. laughed at myself um, because I was like, I don't like telenovelas. You know, my mom used to watch them a lot. And so I was just like, is it going to be one of those Indian style ones with the slow motion and the 10 years <laughs> falling down? And I was just like, yo, that sounds corny. That's not going to work in Zambia. So I politely turned her down and she's like, well, I, I just said I won't be able to make it because I'm at work. And then she goes, you can come through at lunchtime. The auditions end at 12, but we'll wait for you. Just those words, we will wait for you, gave me pressure because I was a people pleaser. I don't know if I still am, I hope mm. I'm not. But anyway, <laughs> she she just said, yeah, we'll wait for you. And I'm like, ah, you know, this woman believed in me so much. 
and I would hate to disappoint her uh, because I haven't done anything with my acting training. So I said, you know what? I will show up. If I fail, it's not the end of the world. Um, I was already, I already went in with the mentality that I would be rejected again. And she just kept pushing for me and pushing for me. And she didn't necessarily tell me, but a lot of people would say that, you know what, this Becky woman just believed in you. She believed this role is yours. And so even if, yeah. you know, the, the, the decision makers at Zambezi at the time were like, yeah, no. And one of them um, actually met me at multi-choice. And he's also one of the people who didn't believe I could do it because I was quiet back to the silence thing mm. <laughs> and so becky was just like you don't know this girl like i do you don't know what i see in her just give her a chance and years later here we are because of becky <laughs> and wow. so you know many times she's also just given me a lot of advice on how to deal with <clears throat> the industry how i can grow in the industry and so i think becky is that one person a lot of people have encountered that that will tell you that she roots for you you know she will fight for you if she believes in you that is the kind of person becky is um moving on to the second part of the question um you know there are times when i have just said something simply to someone i've had conversations with people maybe someone i've met for the first time or someone i've known and i'll just say one or two things lightly and I'll think, you know what, they probably won't even remember what I say. But years later, that person can come up to me and say, you know what, that thing that you say to me that day is actually what helped me to do this and do that. And it's changed my life. Yeah. And for me, that was, uh, you know, it really touches me to hear that because sometimes I'm not aware of the impact that I have on people until i'm aware of it until they let me know and so even mm. if you can say one or two simple words to someone you don't know how that will impact some uh, that person and and that's why i always just make it a deliberate effort to give people my time because i feel like that mm. is part of my responsibility as a public figure to just encourage people to just um sort of even give them a nudge in the direction that they should go and yeah so that that for me was really really eye-opening and i think i'm actually grateful for that yeah you know that I mean, sometimes people just say influencer and it sounds like a, a <laughs> frivolous term but that's a real influence it is um I, like I, I, I influencer capital i <laughs> i don't i don't mm. like to use the word influencer because it's been misconstrued especially in the western world exactly. you know a lot of influencers have this entitlement like they can just go to any restaurant and be like yo serve me um free food or i will tell my <laughs> followers my 2000 followers that your food sucks <laughs> and no one will come to your restaurant but i think the real influence is sometimes silent you know um people will mm. look at what you do just observe what you do and by your actions they will be like you know what yeah i think i can listen to what she says or you're selling a product if you don't even believe in that product it's going to show and that's why most times even when i'm you know uh when i'm doing endorsements i only do things that i believe in yeah yeah that i genuinely believe in because I don't want to sell something just for the sake of the money. I want to sell something because I genuinely believe in it and I genuinely believe that it will help someone out there. And so I don't like to call myself an influencer, but I do know 
that I have influence. And for me, even if you hold influence, you do. <laughs> even if it's it's just <laughs> one or two people, for me, I just feel like I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah, we're drawing to the close. I've I've got two more questions. One of them, and I'm asking you this because you're the only person that I've spoken to who has a show that revolves around their character, a show that is named after the character. So. Do you know what the plan would be if you exited the show for any reason? Not a dark reason like you die, you know, <laughs> but but maybe you decide to go out the country. I don't know. Whatever, whatever other reason. Do you know what the plan would be? Um, I honestly don't know. I've I've I think about <laughs> okay, it. Cool. I think about it many times, and you know there have been moments I've had where I am tired. I am at mm. my last like i don't even know where i will get the strength to just show up and i just think to myself so what if i just decided to just stop what would happen that mm. is that is a big question that comes to me so often but i've never really had an answer and a lot of people around me will say yeah but if you leave then the show is done and blah 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 and mm. i'd like to believe that but sometimes i also think you know what um whether the show ends or not because of my leaving, I don't want to take advantage of that. I don't want to think or become big headed and think, ah, yeah, if I leave, this show is over, you know, and then just walk away um, because anything can happen. What if they find someone who looks and talks like me, you know, <laughs> this world is yeah, crazy AI. like that. Yeah, you know, so I, I really don't like to, to, to entertain that thought because that yeah. can be the first step of me getting a big head and i'm just like yeah no it is what it is yeah, um, yeah. they'll start a show they'll call it mwezi <laughs> yeah they'll just <laughs> they'll just say oh yeah she Mwezi. got into a, an accident she had memory loss and now she's trying to find herself <laughs> like there's so many possibilities she had plastic surgery <laughs> in mexico exactly you know <laughs> she's back <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i do know it All wouldn't right. be the same but again you know yeah, I don't like to. Like the show must go on. Exactly. <laughs> if they did recreate it, you can come back and direct it. That would be great. I would just be in the background, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and, and just just <laughs> take all the creative freedom that, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> all right, Marka, here's your last one. Yeah. What are your feelings about the creative industry right now in Zambia? And what can we do better? Um, honestly, we have come a long way. I mean, back then, you know, seeing as this is that flashback, if you think back to mm, the old exactly. days, um, people actually had to put in money to make something out of production, you know, um, whether it's journalism, people would get paid low salaries. If it was acting, people would have to literally put in their own money for things like logistics and, and whatnot, and they wouldn't even get paid, but they would still do it because they loved what they did. Those are the people who yeah. paved the way for us now. And I'm actually even honored to have worked with some of them because, you know, growing up watching such people, it was just a monumental moment, like, wow, you know, we actually have actors in Zambia. I don't know why we're so obsessed with acting, but film, I think, is just something that's, you know, great all over the world. And so we've definitely come a long way. Our equipment is better. Our stories are better. Our acting is better. Um, our crew is better because now we can have 
from 10 to 200 people just on crew whereas before you would have hmm. one or two people one person doing everything one person is doing the lights one person is doing the sound one person is filming one person is doing everything so even when you see the credits <laughs> it's just one name you know sound one name <laughs> lighting one name camera editing <laughs> but now at least we have we can have different people on crew we can even learn terms like you know rolling cut set all those things these are things that just felt like they were out of reach but now they are within reach so we've definitely come a long way and i still believe that we have um quite a lot more to do um in terms of ethics and professionalism and um hopefully as well <laughs> we can get to a point where we can have proper representation you know other industries have you know unions yeah. and whatnot and for us in the industry sort of freelance so you know a lot of times people who have grievances they don't know where to go you know so i think in that way that is one way in which we can improve and even just for people to take deliberate steps to be ethical and professional on set. Um, there are times when you will go on different sets and people can be insensitive with the jokes they make, you know, maybe an extra comes yeah. on set and because you're used to each other, you have a way in which you joke, but then you say something and then that one person who's new on that set will not take it well. So I think just in terms of proper training um, and in terms of proper representation, that is one thing that we can definitely improve on so yeah um yeah we've we've come a long way but we still have a long way to go i always believe there's room for improvement in any any situation fantastic yeah. as soon as you said professionalism then a phone went off on set <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> just to prove my point <laughs> but but speaking of coming a long way this is my last one I was thinking about it the other day that when I was a kid there was a, a football team called Profund Warriors mm -hmm. and that was uh, before NAPSA was NAPSA it was uh, ZNPF Zambia National Provident Fund mm -hmm. and the players from from Profund Warriors had to have like a day job at the company mm -hmm. so they needed to maybe like you know if you're good at football but you are part of Profund Warriors you needed to be like a, maybe an office orderly or you know a role in the company so that your salary can be justified. But now NAPSA stars, I'm sure some, well, if not the entire team is just pros. So, so there are slices in time where things just change. And I think even with the arts, the way you've described it, I think that's our piece as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Marka, thank you so much for coming through to Z Flashback. It's been warm. It's been exactly as we imagined it. And I wish you all the success. Thank you so much for having me. This was my pleasure. And I'm honored to have spoken to you as well. I am kind of a fan. Ah, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to end it off with some applause for you, though. Yeah! Team, team, team. <laughs> And then I'm 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 I'm, I'm going to borrow a word you said uh, now that we're in industry people and cut. <laughs> <laughs>